Welcome to VMN Volume 2, Episode 1. VMN is produced and distributed out of unceded Abenaki territory in so-called northeastern Vermont. We seek to provide a platform for movements pushing for liberation in this area and beyond. This week's episode features an interview with activist and mentor Sean Pratt. We'd initially sought Sean out in order to have a discussion about Bennington white supremacist Max Meech, but he had many other subjects he felt were more important than discussion of a local racist pest. The episode contains many shout-outs to local people doing interesting and important work. Please take the time to check them out. Without further ado, here is the interview. I have Sean Pratt from Bennington. Welcome. Hello. How you doing? How's everything? All right. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do in Bennington? Um, yeah, sure. My name is Sean Pratt, and I live in Bennington, Vermont. I've lived in Bennington for over 10 years. I attended Southern Vermont College back in 95. I've been through so much living there. I've been through ups, through downs. I've been through things that, you know, living in the Northeast, living in Vermont, for someone, you know, someone like myself, someone, a black male that goes through systemic racism, microaggressions, you know, the whole bit. It's, you know, when I first got to Bennington, you know, but let me just say, basically, growing up, in, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Coney Island. I'm the youngest of five children. What I did mainly, I played a lot of basketball. I played for Lincoln High School in Brooklyn. Played with uh, people, you know, Stephon Marbury, um, his brother, his brothers, and I played in the neighborhood. I mean, that's that's basically what we did in Coney Island was, you know, to pass the time was play basketball and you know, we were allowed to be kids, even though there was a lot going on around us. My mother, I grew up in a Christian household. My sister is now um, is an assistant pastor of a church down in Coney Island to this day. So I grew up, you know, mainly with sisters. I got four sisters and, and I had two brothers. One of my brothers passed away from um, he had a, a blood disorder. So he had sickle cell, by the way. So. Also, uh, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, it, it teaches you how to be tough, teaches you how to deal with things, to go without. So it kind of toughens you up. And, you know, in high school, I played at Lincoln High School in Brooklyn, which is a, a prestigious high school. Um, and coming out of there, I had a lot of people help me um, as a person grow. But, you know, I still wasn't there yet, but I was still learning how to be a uh, an adult, you know, growing into a young man. Um, I have many good examples. You know, I have my mother that, that helped raise me, uh, my sisters, my brothers, um, that helped raise me. But, you know, I was still missing something living in a neighborhood that was ridden with drugs, crime, prostitution, and all these things. You still go through some, uh, some problems. So, and you take some of that mindset that you live in the cities with you. So that brought that up here to from um, well I went to Johnstown New York first before I came to Vermont and I went to Fulton Montgomery Community College and received a, an associate's degree and played basketball there and also there I learned from from people both white and black but 
again, there was still that element of, you know, systemic racism that you still had to go through and a lot of the problems that you still have to face, right? So I graduated from there and came to Southern Vermont College. I was recruited through there from a man by the name of Richard Hurley. He was a guy that I played against in college, and then he ended up coaching. He's actually in Troy High right now. He was the one that basically recruited me to come to Southern Vermont and play uh, because he knew I was a great player and that me and him, you know, played against each other. And we had a battle during that, during one of the games that we played against each other. So he recruited me to come here, played here, went to school here. And then at some point I became a citizen of the, of the town, you know, had some problems, had got in trouble a few times, got arrested, you know, again, a young kid coming up, trying to figure out the world, learning things, learning how to be in a new type of setting, a new culture. It took a lot of time for me to get there, you know, and a lot of the things that I went through living in Bennington was a lot of it, a good portion of it, right? And I want to say everything, right? Because I have a lot to do with my behavior and what I do, but a lot of it was predicated on my skin color and, and how I was viewed. You know, and, and we see this today as all this stuff is now unfolding and coming out. But growing up in Bennington, again, you you see a lot of the systemic racism, even though it's not anything that is life threatening. But it is slow death, slow death. It's, it's not death, but it's let me give you an example. Economic wise, I'm working one day and, you know, I keep hearing the word nigger, nigger, nigger. Right. So it's like, OK. It ain't that many black people that's working in the factory. It's just me. And you're hearing these people talking about nigger, nigger, right? So right then and there, that's uncomfortable, right? So then not that you want to go approach the guy, right? Because we don't all, that's not how it goes all the time. You know, you, you feel uncomfortable in that situation. You already feel uncomfortable in that situation because you know you're probably one of the only black people, if not maybe two or three in that building. Right. So you're not going to say anything. You're just going to keep your head down and keep working. And people seem to not understand that. So now you go to your boss and you tell your boss, look, this is what's going on. Right. You think that that's confidential. No, it's not. Next day you come in, the person that you said it, that, that said it comes up to you, even though you didn't say nothing to him, says to you, well, I'm sorry for doing that. Well, it's like, nah, bro, I don't want to talk to you. Who told you that? Right? So these are the kind of things that happen. So long story short, because of that situation, I have to leave the job. So now because of a racist issue, I got to leave this job. Right? And these are some of the things. That's an example of it. And there's many others that I, that, that, that we can talk about. Right? But those are part of the things right there. Well, why did you quit? Right? So this is, this is what I'm saying. These are the things that people go through here in the state of Vermont, right? So that's just briefly to just tell you where I am. T today, right now, what I do is I do my mentorship program. It's going to be called Rise Up, a mentorship program, and it's going to be called Rise Up, and it's going to be predicated around young people or people that have aspirations to, to do things, to, you know, like I got a few guys right now doing basketball stuff. Right. So I get them trainers and stuff like that. So it's basically my my mentorship program, mentorship and, and management. 
right? Make sure that they get to places that they need to go to, speaking to the right people, making sure they playing basketball, keeping their bodies right, keeping their minds right. You know what I'm saying? Making sure they mm-hmm. got healthy lives and things like that. So that's what my, my program is going to be about, mainly those kind of things. And also would like to do a barbershop. So these are the things that I'm trying to do in, in here in Bennington or in the surrounding areas and, you know, different other platforms and other people that I'm trying to collaborate with to do different things to say, okay, yeah, these black people here are trying to do these things. So that's basically me in, in a nutshell that I could, that I could tell you. Excellent. So, um, what led you into being, uh, in the activist scene in, in Bennington? There was, I think, and that's a good question because when I didn't even know I wanted to do this, this stuff, this work, right? But it was kind of forced on me because I see my, my brothers and sisters going through situations where I can't stand around, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to give no names. These people know who they are. They, they've given me the power to be able they given me the juice to be able to go out there and say, yo, what I'm saying is right. Because I was always saying these things before, but it wasn't getting, you know, the bullhorn wasn't loud enough for people to hear it. And if they did hear it, it was easy for them to dismiss. But now because of the power of what's going on, you got, let me give a shout out to a lot of these organizations in, in Vermont, which you got Russo Justice, right? Mm-hmm. You got the NAACP out here. Both branches, one in Brattleboro, one in Rutland. You have up in, up in Burlington, Justice for All and Racial Alliance, right? Yes. So what you're seeing now is a lot of these organizations popping up that's going to be out there doing different things, having panels, having discussions about race, racial issues, basically taking command and taking fold of those conversations as opposed to just leaving them to white people as if they know what they're talking about. No, we are going to do these kind of things. This is what led rise to me doing what I'm doing, what I want to do. There's hip-hop groups that's, that's in Vermont in the Northeast that people don't know about, right, that we're trying to get out there. Shout out to the Four Horsemen. Shout out to Street Religion, right? And you got to put this stuff on because people got to understand that these people are talented people that know what they're doing. Shout out to Chris Moody up north, right? A white kid that's out there that's an architect. A lot of them can do this stuff, right? So shout out to all the people that, all the black people that's doing businesses in Vermont that don't get no recognition. Shout out to Deshaun Hamlet who put on the Battle of the Future basketball tournament over in uh, Grace Christian School over in, in Bennington. And that's not to put any bad light on Grace Christian School because right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. He's doing all the screening. He's following all the rules of what he's supposed to do. And we're having games. We're, we're entertaining people. People are coming to, to work out. We got all these things going on. And it led rise for me, to get back to the question, to start to say, okay, I don't want to sit on the sideline no more. And, you know, if I see you on the floor, on the ground, and you're fighting, and we're on the same team, I got to come over and pick you up and put you on my back if need. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And yes. that's what we, and that's what I'm seeing right now in Vermont more than ever than I've ever seen before. You got Shamel Samuels who won 
a lawsuit against the, the, the town of Bennington for, for racial discrimination. He won the case for $30,000, and now you got the Clinton Amable case coming up. What was the issue uh, with Shamel? They pulled over Shamel Samuels illegally and racially profiled him, right? And then he did three years in jail. Now, what happened was, now, he did have drugs in the car, okay? He did have drugs in the car, right? But again, the situation was they pulled him over illegally. He was in an Albany cab, and an off-duty police officer pulled up on the side of him and said, yo, they, they wanted to stop at a place to eat. And the police officer said the place to eat is right up here. So, but the police officer wasn't a police officer. He was off-duty. So he phoned another police officer that was on duty to, to pull them over. And profiled them and said, why, did, why is the, a cab driver getting pulled over? Well, because the ticker meter was obstructing the, the vision of the police officer, which is the reason why they pulled him over. So he went to jail for three years, got out, and then had a lawsuit. A federal judge overturned the rule and threw the drug case out and let him out, and he had a, a, a lawsuit. Still a lot of time to spend in jail for uh, for no, for nonsense. Right. And he didn't even get paid for that. They yeah. told him that they don't do that. Now, the crazy thing about that was, shout out to the ACLU, but again, the ACLU kept throwing a certain number in his head. And they were basically telling us, no, they're not going to give you this. So it was almost as if the people that were fighting for us, protecting them. Yep. And these are the systems that you run into. So that's what led me to do this activism work. People need help. People need, you know, it ain't just myself. It's the people that I'm around. You know, my girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? The person that I mean, you know, and then also mainly one of the main people that really got me into this. So and to make me good, feel good about myself. Sorry, go ahead. So when did uh, the situation with Max Mish begin? Uh, when did he he show up on the scene and start causing drama? Well, what happened was Max, I, I, I just, I would just see a whole lot of stuff online about him. Like I never had any contact with him. I would just, people would say stuff. So he was on his harassing thing way before it even he because he had sent me a message and the only reason why he sent me a message was because I was running for school board and he was calling me names right so let's pay attention right when does he come at people when they're doing stuff for themselves when they're saying okay I'm going to step up and say this or whatever what right? year were you running for school board uh, I want to say 20 18, 2019, I believe. So it wasn't about like a year ago, a couple of years ago. It was against Ed Letourneau, whom you know said some some derogatory, racist statements. Well, he's been saying those. You can go back to the to the messages and see those. So I, I was running against him. And when I told everybody then, you know, a, as well as other people, this guy was a racist, it went upon deaf ears. And now... Everybody wants to say, oh, he's a racist. Well, I, we, this, myself as well as other people have been saying that. And yet, he's still on the school board. So we just need to weed out this poison. 
But that's when he became on the scene. And, and with that poison, he has brought in more toxicity into it. He's brought other white supremacists and fascists into, uh, into the scene. No, what I mean is he brought, he, the visceral that was already there in the town against anything that was deemed different from what they wanted. He brought the race, the more of the racist element to that. This is the time. Now I don't now again, not that he's bringing people here to Vermont, but he may as well be. He, he may as well be. And I don't know too much of that. You know what I'm saying? If anybody's come, but I believe it is. I, I know for a fact because I've had people tell me, right? But is it because of him? I don't know. To be honest, he, he doesn't seem to me that threatening, right? He could be a smokescreen for somebody else to do something crazy as opposed to everybody focusing on him. Right. So uh, again, and that's another thing. Like, yeah, he, he's dangerous in the sense of what he's saying. Right. He's a symbol of hate. He's, he's a symbol. Right. But is he really dangerous? He's more dangerous on the phone than he would be trying to shoot somebody. But then again, I don't know that because he's crazy. It seems to me, I don't have any proof of this that somehow Max has inspired a lot of the antics coming from Kevin Hoyt. Can you speak to that at all? I spoke to Kevin Hoyt a long time ago and explained to him, I can't understand why he's sticking up for for someone that, that's allowed to say the stuff that he's saying. And the only thing that I can say about that is, if you, and I, I've asked him, I was like, are you okay with, with racism? And he'll sit there and say, no, I'm not okay with it. And I, you know, but clearly he's okay with it because he he protects this guy. He don't he Kevin talks out of both sides of his mouth. I try to stay away from that because as it, that is just a lot of noise. But when you look around town and you look at the dismal place that it is, you got to ask yourself who who is really doing the work, right? Because yes. you don't you don't see me online talking a whole bunch of stuff and having all this like I, I have a few videos right right but i'm not on there all the time i'm not not and not that you have to be some people have to do that some people have to be on there like that but let let's talk about the real work right why don't you come sunday to the battle of the future right shout out to the battle of the future and deshaun hamlet and come see the real work that i do Right. Mm -hmm. and, and make impact in people's lives. That's that's what it's about. So Kevin Hoyt. Yeah, he's definitely helping this guy. Right. And I don't want to say his name because really he's not really a threat. We've given it too much attention. We've given it life. It's, it's our imagination. He's people know. So this, the state's attorney had to hit him with a hate crime. I mean, about time. It, it took forever. Wasn't there some pressure campaign to make that happen? My understanding was uh, Marthage didn't want to go with hate crimes. I sent a lot of texts because I got, I, I got numbers where it'll get back. Mm -hmm. So I put pressure. I did. I always put pressure on them. Was there, yep. w how did they respond to you pressuring them? They, the, I, I, what I've seen of 
Bennington is they really don't like it when you try to push them. It took me I, months. I gotta give, I gotta give them a little bit of credit, right? Because they did what they were supposed to. Now, what if I sent, I could send you the text. I'd appreciate that. I could that. send them to your phone. I could send them to you. What I said and what they said. I'm not going to say the name. You know what I'm saying? Understood. But they know that there's a, a, a presence out here that's just not going to allow them to just do what they used to do. And that's just, just charge somebody and, and just, they just okay with it. Like just, you know, they, they're used to charging everyone around here and they don't give a damn. They will charge people and, and it was a top place. It was a time in this town where people would get charged with something and they would just be like, okay, I can't fight it. So I just have it. It's not like that no more. They are fighting because they know that those people over there overcharge and do things that they're not supposed to do to people, specifically poor people and definitely people of color, specifically black people. Yes. I'm trying to include everybody that I can because I see them doing this to everyone. I see them do it to young. I see them do it to young white mothers that only that have that have one shot. They're, they're struggling and they're having problems, too, right? And mm -hmm. somebody like Max would call them names because they're with a black male, right? Yeah. But not because they're white and they're poor, right? Because there's a lot of white girls that would be with a black guy in Bennington, whether they poor or not. But you get a lot of those kind of things going on and people telling you that, if that answered it. Yeah, I think it did. At the June uh, BLM protest, I just saw uh, our subject taunting people. Has It seems like in some ways his actions in real life have escalated a bit. Um, is that true or is that just... Um, who's that? What's, who's that again? Max, is he escalating? Um, well, he had got into an altercation with a girl and her boyfriend some time ago, and he got charged with a hate crime. So I would say, yeah, he's he's kind of hiking it up. Now, the problem with that is the girl tells me that she went and put a report on him that he put his hands on her. And we have yet to see anything done about that. And this is a young white girl with yeah. a black guy. Every time I've tried to get court papers or charging papers regarding him and Bennington, I don't get anything. I tried to get the court papers from when he had the incident with his wife where he allegedly uh, strangled her. I got um, his wife's number, his ex-wife girlfriend's number. You want her number? You want to talk to her? She'll be well, ready to talk. Yeah, I, I suppose I could, but I mean, I couldn't get court papers. The, the court oh, you couldn't get them? Yeah. They were gone, and I, the only thing I got was the case number, and apparently other cases regarding him, there's no paperwork. That's supposed to be public record if it's not like a sex crime. Do you have any idea why this is happening? It, it seems like somebody's you, protecting him. You're, you're asking me, and it's funny, right? And, it, and, and I'm not nothing against you, right? Right? Shout out to you, right? I'm just saying, like, you're asking me this question. Why is his name in those, in, he's gotten charges, right? But why can't you find the paperwork for this stuff? That's a very good question. You know what my answer is? What's that? He's a, he, he's a, he, they're using him. You can't find no paperwork on him? That's crazy. Like, 
they're, they're using him as a smokescreen to start some stuff. Who's doing it? I don't know. Because how come this guy can get all these charges and still be walking around on the street? Now, if it was me or you, if it was me, maybe not you, right? I would be in jail. Yeah. Or I would be locked up. But I've also got a message from a powerful person in Ben, not a powerful person, but a person that got some, you know, say so. Mm-hmm. They basically told me, well, we can't hold nobody because the bail bill. Okay. That the bail bill was, was changed that now you can't hold nobody. You, you got to let them go because of Corona or whatever, because of the coronavirus also. But basically it was a, the bail bill where you not, you don't have to pay the bail. Like the judge, the judge can't hold you. And they're blaming that on Democrats when, let me tell you, they was locking people up like mad. You hear me? That's the only reason why that was even brought in, because there's so many poor people in Vermont that can't pay a bail. So now they're blaming that, and they're saying, okay, Seattle, it's all set up in favor of them. They ain't got no records of this guy. What does that tell you? He's an agent. He's some type of agent. He, this guy can't get in trouble. We can't find no paperwork on him. It's insane. So I really appreciate the time you've uh, given with me. Um, so your opinion with uh, Mr. Meesh is he's best not given any publicity. I mean, the folks I'm working with are trying to give him some, you know, to I'm shine not, a light well, on I mean, him. I mean, right now he's the, he's the star, I guess, because he's the problem. But he's not. There's there's more people out here doing damage, you know. Our police chief, give him that press. That police chief down there in Bennington, you know, the town manager. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Um, you know, those are the people that need to be out. That need to be ousted. That's that's gonna make this whole thing better. If you ask anybody in Bennington, black or white, they'll tell you we need a new town manager. Stuart ain't it. Plus, he's been in for over 40 years. So anybody in over 40 years, you know, is a GOB. You know what a GOB is, me, right? What's that? Good old boys. Oh, yeah. System with the S at the end. We, in, in Newport, Vermont, they, it's, they, they've gone through several um, town managers, but every one seems to be a problem. It's like, I don't know it's how. It's so hard. Yeah, because they got their own club going on up there. Oh, you in Newport. I Down seen near- them up there driving in blackface. Yeah, I can imagine it's worse up there. Newport is a bad town. I mean, I, we shop there, but uh, I try yeah. to stay out of that town. Wow. So, so there you go. I mean, I, I hope I answered your questions of what you wanted. Well, thank you very much for your time. Is there anything you want to close on? I think we have to keep in mind, in order for black people in this country to stop speaking out the way we're speaking is there has to be some type of reconciliation with not reconciliation, but it has to be some people got to come and apologize, not only apologize, but give back the stuff that was stolen. Right. Reparations. The main thing is you can't say you're my friend. If I come and rob you and do all these things to you and then run away, and then come back two days later and say, hey, what's up, man? You good? You all right? Everything all right? 
I'm sorry about what you know. Not not that I'm even sorry, but I'm just hey, how we doing? Let's let's go out, let's go hang out. And you like, whoa, wait, before we can even talk, you got to return the stuff that you stole from me. Not only that, you have to apologize. And even then, I may not even want to mess around with you no more. Black people are not. We don't control our own destiny. White people can control their own destiny, right? We are destined the life that we have to live, right? Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. Until that reconciliation is fixed, then there can be no fixing. You have to fix the darker peoples of the world because that's who you hate the most. You start there. You gotta. It's easy to love somebody you like. It's harder to love somebody you hate. Or somebody you don't have a connection to. That's where the love comes in. Right? Yes. So it's just, let's bring back the love by showing love, by showing respect. Because that's what we want. That's what black people want. Mm -hmm. That's what black men want. Not to be shot dead. Not to be looked at as somebody like they nobody. Because then if you, you creating a monster, if you telling me I'm not shit, if you think I'm not shit, then I, I think you ain't shit. Then none of us ain't shit. And then it's like the scenario that we hope that ain't going to come to. Everybody is like true romance. Everybody got the gun pointed at each other. So that's all. And Thanks. peace to the people. Shout out to you. And I hope Thank- you talk again. That's all. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this episode. All apologies for any sound glitches. I'm not a pro in sound editing. I hope to be broadcasting more often. This was VMN. Volume 2, Episode 1.